This is a HeadGum Podcast. He's going to leave me here. Who? Daddy. They just want to help you. Not Daddy. Your Daddy loves you. He wants me to go away, but he doesn't know. He doesn't know what? Let's light our candles. I'm going to light my candle. Ready? Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Tanner, before Jacka. before we do anything, t- Tanner, Jack, do you want to just let me go? All you, bud. Okay, Tanner, Jack, you take the wheel. Oh, Jesus, Tanner, before we do anything this week, we have something very pressing that we need to take care of, and I hope that you are on board with the gravity of what we need to do. Talk to me. As you know, and as anyone who has been listening along knows, seven books ago in the novel Christie and the Dirty Diapers. Dirty Diapers, yep. We accidentally unleashed a video geist. You don't want to hurt anyone. But I do, and I'm sorry. It yep, Drusilla Destiny, the... Um, the granddaughter, granddaughter of Morbida Destiny, who is sorry, misplaced antecedent. <laughs> <laughs> Drusilla Destiny, who is a demonic, malicious video geist, transmedia entity. Oh, that's a very Web 2.0 way of describing her. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She in certain ways promised us that she would come to stalk and destroy us seven episodes after we were made aware of her presence right and by us we mean you tanner Greenring, me you jack jack shepherd and, and all of baby nation all of our listeners and all of the children and parents of stony brook connecticut right yeah so the reason that i'm bringing this up now is because this is seven episodes after Christy and the Dirty Diapers. I've had a bad week, man. I've had this this melancholy weighing on my shoulders all week. I've just felt bad. It's been a bad week. Yeah. And this now makes so much sense. Now I understand why. I have a sense of doom. Yeah, dread. Looking over my shoulders. There have been strange shriekings and cryings in my house at night. I often wake up to this strange sound like the wailing of a baby. Right. It f- chills me to the bone. The only thing I can do is put in my earplugs and, and just try to go back to sleep. Right. That's good. Yeah. Does Sarah hear it too? or She often gets up um, and, so she and must does something. I don't know what it is, like some kind of weird rituals. She's a listener, right? She's a listener. Yeah. So she's she's part of this. She's part she's of this involved. too. Yeah. And so actually this is a good segue because weird rituals, I think, is what we've decided we need to do to prevent this geist, this Drusilla destiny from coming through the pages of these books uh, and introducing us to an unholy terror, the likes of which the world has never seen. Do you have uh, something in mind? Do you have you have you been reading the Necronomicon? The ancient texts? Well, yeah, and it's interesting you should mention that because you know who was mentioned in this book, in the special thanks. You want to pull up your copy of the book, read the uh, special thanks to me? Special thanks to Robert Dorman, Julie Comorn, David Leviathan, and Helen Perelman for sharing their bar and bat mitzvah stories. The Leviathan, Tanner. The Leviathan himself. The writer of the great book. The book of secrets. The book of Babysitter's Club lore. 
that no one has ever laid their eyes on without going permanently insane is thanked right up front. So Anne knows and Nolan knows and possibly if we could begin to understand the twists and turns of his diseased mind, in some way the Leviathan himself knows that the answers to preventing this catastrophe lie in this book, Abby's Lucky 13. You think you drew something out of this book? Because um, I read it and it, it seemed like kind of a straight up and down babysitter's club book well here's what i got i don't have much um but we just gotta do what we gotta do i don't have much i was thinking but i know i love you we could so at the i didn't say sing and i don't want you to say no i strongly don't want it nobody likes it everybody says they don't like it i want for you this is very serious i'm I it doesn't feel like you're taking it seriously. Jack, don't <sighs> let me process this in my way. <laughs> okay. Don't tell me right. how to feel my feelings, okay? Right. Okay, fine. And in the face of death, I laugh because okay. I don't know what else to do, Jack. Okay. Well, laugh. Don't sing love songs. Um, what we're going to do here, I think, so I think there's a clue in the cover to this novel. Okay, I'm looking at it now. We have Abby Stevenson on the left. She's wearing a black dress, and she's holding up a candle. Right. Opposite her is a young woman in a pink dress. I'm not sure who it is, but she looks identical to Abby Stevenson, except she has short hair, and she is also holding up a candle, and that candle is touching flames with Abby's candle. Behind them are a series of balloons right that seem to be floating supernaturally right some blue ones some pink ones some yellow ones and then right in the bottom left, left corner one very particular balloon yeah it um, looks like it's um most notably it's it's purple it's a purple um purple kind orb. of orb like structure in fact it may not be a balloon i feel like it the looks balloons... sentient all yeah. the other ones look like balloons this one looks menacing it looks like it's like peeking in. yeah it looks like it's peeking its head around. And it's saying, the purple orb is saying, right? because the word blurb is right next to it. Yeah, it's got a speech bubble, essentially, with a word blurb. Whoever said 13 wasn't lucky. It's saying, whoever said 13 wasn't lucky. So, do you have a candle handy? Yeah. Okay, so I feel like that's important. We should light a candle together like Abby and Anna here at the same time. Okay. And we know that 13 is lucky, right? 13 is what's going to, in some way, prevent us from being attacked by this video geist. So what I was thinking for a start is we should light our candles okay. and then say together on the count of 13, the 13th word of the 13th chapter of this book. Okay. I'm there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. It's a three letter word. Okay. Alright, so let's okay. light I'm our candles. Light, I'm gonna light my candle. Oh god, my Ma Jack, look. What happened? Your match broke. The match broke. It it, it shattered. It exploded. It splintered. There are deeper, darker forces at work here, keeping me from doing this. Oh, God. Okay, I've got my candle lit. I didn't have any trouble out here. Okay, I'm sure Tanner's showing me his candle. This, I recognize this doesn't Jack, work that great for an audio medium, but... Jack has what looks to be a birthday candle. I've just got, like, a normal person candle. I got a great big fucking candle. Okay, Tanner's got his candle lit. It's like one of those uh, little candles they give you at restaurants. Do you steal that from the restaurant across the street? No. Don't triangulate. This is just a regular <laughs> old candle. Okay. Now what do we do? Do we touch them? How do we touch them together like Abby and this identical I person? I think we just have to hold them kind of in the same – Shadow Abby. At, at each other. Okay. Like Abby and Shadow Abby. And then on the I'm holding of mine at you. All right. So we're going to – on the count of 13, we're going to say the 13th word of the 13th chapter of this book. Ready? Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Eat. Eat, demon. Eat our flames. <laughs> Eat our flames and be gone back to hell. Eat our flames. Eat dirt, demon. Eat dirt. Okay. Kiss the ground. That's good. Um, I blew mine out. Is that appropriate? 
I didn't ask. I just did it. Did I undo the whole ritual? No, I think that's good. The only thing that I have that may have been... We'll never know whether this was the right word to say or not, because there's another possibility. And we've done it, so it's too late. But there is another possibility... Because I, it's you know these things are arcane and I don't know how to read these fucking texts necessarily. And also, like, who knows what happened in translation of this book? Yeah, out of Aramaic and into English. Yeah, this could have said anything. Yeah, a lot of things get lost. And also, if you think about it, when this book was in the original Aramaic, it didn't go straight to English, right? Because the medieval monks who were translating this book no, probably, probably translated that that Latin. into Latin, right? right? And then the Latin, Latin into later German? gets translated into German, probably, right. right? And then that gets translated into English and then gets updated. Like Middle English. Right. It's a fucking Middle English. Exactly. And then that gets updated into more modern English, probably during the Enlightenment. Okay, and then, so let's cover our bases. Well, so... <sighs> It may be too late to do this, but it is also the case that the 13th word of the 13th paragraph of the 13th chapter of this book is haftara. See, now that, I know we really went all in on eat. Yeah. But haftara sounds a lot more... Um, yeah, it's a re- spiritual. It's, it's a reference to the passages from the Torah that Abby reads for her bat mitzvah. Um, right. And the Haftarah, and apologies to anyone if I'm saying this wrong because I don't know much about it, but the passage that would have been read on Abby's bat mitzvah, April 27th, 1996, is Amos 9-7-9-15, and the 13th word of that passage is God. Huh. But I think eat was right. Yeah, because we got to tell the demon to eat dirt. Yeah, eat dirt, demon. So I think we did. We're good. Eat dirt. Eat dirt, demon. Kiss the ground. Kiss the ground. Is an alternate interpretation of eat dirt. Yeah. Um, so, should we introduce the show? Do you feel good? Do you feel like we've expelled this demon? We'll only know, Tanner. I'm nervous. If we survive. There, I'm looking at a screen right now, and I'm expecting any moment for her to come crawling out of it to break my jaw and yeah, it's mutilate a, me. It's a transmedia entity. <laughs> oh, we also have um, Tomoyo here. Well, you have Tomoyo. Watch it over I both of us. I have nothing. I have nothing. There's nothing here protecting me. Your wife? Your dog? I'm in the biggest city in the world. It would be hard to find. This is why yeah. we don't triangulate, baby nation. You know what? Maybe maybe if we got this wrong, which I think I think eat is right. Haftara, it's hard to say. And God, what does that mean? I think eat is right. But if we got this wrong, maybe the video guys will start coming after the members of baby nation one by one before it saves the best for last, if you see what I mean. Hmm. So maybe we'll have a little bit of time. And we'll notice it's happening, and and I don't know. I can only hope that's the case. Sorry, Baby Nation, but you are now um, chaff. Yeah, we love you, and we kiss you, and do round off the corners in your bedroom, but uh, this is another thing, and we don't know how to stop it. No, God, can you imagine if the Hounds of Tindalos got you before? (laughs) Oh, the irony. All right, let's introduce the show here, Tanner. I feel safer. I don't feel safe. I will never feel safe again, but I feel safer, and that's the best we can do here. I don't think we sent her away. Not necessarily. I don't think we expelled her, but I think we did invite her to eat dirt, Right now she's busy with that. She's probably licking her wounds. Right. Probably kissing the ground. Kissing the ground right now, eating dirt, loser. Um, But Loser. That's not necessarily the end of that. So we'll keep you posted, Baby Nation, if any of you... um, Oh, and do let us, do keep us posted. Let us know if you experience anything weird. Tweet at us or write to us at um, Jack and Tanner at babysittersclubclub.com if you witness the appearance of a terrifying video geist um, Mm. and survive. Right. Which you won't. Um, And we'll we'll pick some of the best ones and do a quick eulogy. Right, right, right. Tanner, let's introduce the fucking show for Christ's sake. Fine. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, Club. a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I'm Tanner Greenring, and you, Tanner Greenring, talk about the classic novels of the Princess of the Prince of Town, St. Annabelle Matthews Martin, Stormborn Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks and Bane to Bats, first of her name, last of her kind, last hope for humankind. This week, we are talking specifically about a little book, number 96 in Anna Martin's Great Sitter's Cycle, entitled Abby's 
Lucky 13. And it was a little book. It was a little book. Did you notice, Jack? A little shorter than normal. I think potentially, I don't pay close attention, but potentially for the first time ever in all of these books, only 14 chapters instead of the typical 15. Oh, how interesting. And frightening. Yeah, it's a little frightening. Here's what I think must have happened. Nola and Anne, because in case you were wondering, I'm having a Thack attack this week. Yeah. I ain't no Nola Thacker. I ain't no Nola Thacker. And it was... <laughs> Few times I've been around that track with my good friend Tanner and my good friend Jack. And I ain't, I ain't no, no Nola Thacker. I ain't no Nola Thacker. Another Nolan one. Another Nolan one this week. Um, I imagine what must have happened, Tanner, is that Nola Thacker thought it would be uh, funny and clever to write a book that was just 13 chapters for Abby's Lucky 13. And those fucking asshole scholastic lawyers were like, oh, we're, we're not going to be on the hook for uh, writing a book with only 13 chapters and making everybody read an unlucky book. Uh, <laughs> add a 14th chapter. Uh, so well, somebody better add a pen a 14th chapter. And then Anne wrote it. Which fucking lawyers. So disjointed. And- yeah. I'm going to say there's... Chapter 14 is unnecessary. Yeah, no, totally. The entire book is wrapped up well before the end of chapter 13, and then, like, all of a sudden there's a chapter 14. Yeah. Anyway, here we are. That's what we read. I'm here. You're here. Let's talk about this book. Abby's a fucking crime girl this week. Yeah, she's a dingleberry. She's a real crime girl. And an unintentional dingleberry, but, like, a dingleberry nonetheless. She does a lot of crimes, and this is something I've been noticing ever since Stacy and the Crime Girls... What's the the name of the book, but I know what you're talking about. Everybody's been committing and doing crimes. All the girls have been doing crimes. Stacy did crimes. Christy did crimes in whatever the last Christy book was. Mm. She did crimes of kissing in the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Christy plus Bart equals, huh? She was kissing Bart criminally. Yeah. She was doing crime kissing with Bart. She was doing crime kissing with Bart. Stacy did crime drinking alcohol with the bad girls. And then now Abby is doing crime cheating. Mal did. Mal had a war on Christmas. Oh, she had a war on Christmas. That's the biggest crime of all. It's in the Constitution. Marianne. Did she do a crime? No, Marianne would never do a crime. Well, she her friend died. Yeah, I feel like you can't blame her for that. Claudia did a crime on the great American tradition of Thanksgiving. Claudia is committing fashion crimes every day. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Christy did corporate espionage. Yeah. Dawn committed a crime on us by leaving. So I think this is like, despite Anne's fucking efforts to keep these girls innocent, it's like original sin has finally happened in these books. And once it started, it spreads, right? They're all crime girls now. They used to be fucking good girls who did good things and made the world a better place. And and now because of Stacy, no surprises there. Took a bite of the apple. I don't think it's Stacy's fault. I think this started before. I think this started when Christy committed fire assault on a man an old mm. man a feeble old that man. was it she introduced fire she introduced fire in a promethean way yep she introduced fire into as much this as world. i want this to be stacy's fault obviously right okay i think this is actually christy's fault i think that's right yeah i forgot that she assaulted a man with fire right um and brought fire into this world and we know this world ends with fire and once fire We're still is dealing in the world, with the repercussions sin is also in the world and despite Anne's best efforts we are in a what we might call a post-lapsarian world. I'm glad you're so far in the weeds on lore this week, because I feel like it's going to be a lore-heavy week. It's going to be a lore-heavy week. Baby Nation, uh, strap in for some lore. Strap in for some uh, some vore. No, 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 no. No vore. A lore. lore. Strap in yeah. for some lore, Baby Nation. Some light vore and a lot of lore. <laughs> and some, some heavy lore. Um, but first, Tanner. Daniel Greenring. I would like to describe this novel. I don't care. Okay, fine. And then you're going to describe it, so strap in for that. Um, Why don't I begin? I'm going to describe this novel for the Baby Nation and for you. Yeah, I still don't care. Okay, fine. Well, it's a joint enterprise, so it affects you whether I do a good job or not. You should care. Not really. It's kind of an adversarial relationship we have. Okay, fine. You said it. All right, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. I'm off, off to a bad start. Stop it. I'm going to describe this novel now. Abby Stevenson's had a run of bad luck lately. She's failing her classes. She's got a 
bad case of writer's block that's getting in the way of a major speech she's supposed to give. And to make matters worse, her mother was almost horrifically killed alongside a bunch of leaf peepers in a massive train derailment outside of New York City. But when she meets the mysterious Brad Simon, a local businessman who seems to have figured out the secret to success, it starts to feel like Abby's luck is finally turning around. Right up until everything starts going horribly, terribly, catastrophically wrong all at once. And Abby realizes that luck doesn't have a single thing to do with it. Abby's Lucky 13. What's luck got to do, got to do with it? What's luck but a second-hand emotion? It's not an emotion. It doesn't work. What's luck got to do, got to do with it? What did you think? You like it? Didn't pay attention. Okay, great. Well, do you want to describe this novel? Nope. Will you? Must I? Yes. Then yes. Okay. I was thinking that I would put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have here. And during those 60 seconds, you could describe every single salient detail that happens in this novel to the Baby Nation and anyone else who might be listening who hasn't been murdered by a video geist. Okay. Great. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock and I'll let you have at it. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. I'm going to begin right now. Abby Stevenson and Anna Stevenson are turning. They're identical twins, by the way. They're from Long Island. They moved to Stony Brook uh, a few books ago. They're turning 13, and as Jewish women, they need to go undergo the ritual called bat mitzvah. And what they do when they do bat mitzvah is that they read a passage of the Torah in Hebrew and also give a speech, and all their family is there. Abby is not very good with... Um, academia and has trouble memorizing her passage and also is falling behind in school and also has all these other obligations um she tries to get ahead in school by buying a study guide from a boy named brad and it turns out to be a cheat sheet for a test and she aces the test except for one question and it turns out a bunch of other kids got that question wrong too and their teacher thought they were cheating and abby gets suspended and then Stops Marianne from buying the same cheat sheet and then admits her mistake and then everything is fine and uh, she passes her bat mitzvah uh, challenge. And time. I'm not sure. And becomes called... a woman. And she becomes a woman. Yeah. So does Anna. Yeah. They both become women. Yeah. So now the Babysitter's Club is, if my calculations are right, six girls and one woman. Right. But I think, are the other girls eligible to undergo the bat mitzvah challenge i don't think so huh. i think it's only abby and anna in order to be bat mitzvah you need to read a passage from the torah give yep. a speech and conquer the aggro crag oh right a series of physical challenges yeah ending in a summit up the aggro crag that's right so if, as long as the other six girls from the babysitter's club can memorize a passage from the torah give us give a small speech and conquer the aggro crag i think they'll be fine yeah, I think so. Do you think Anne is furious that Abby went through with something called a bat mitzvah and now is a woman and kind of has escaped Anne's stranglehold on time in the Babysitter's Club universe? Oh, I'm sure it's fucking terrifying for her. This is exactly what she didn't want. It just feels like it's all starting to fall apart anyway. I wonder if Anna's like, all right, fine, fuck you guys. Yeah, yeah, No, it's out of Anne's control now. She, like, Christy introduced fire to the universe. Like, now there's entropy. Now there's chaos. Like, as, as perfect as Anne wants this world to be, yeah, it's out of her control now. Well, yes and no, right? Because Anne did fucking introduce herself into this novel this week. You think she's in the novel? Yeah. Explain. I, I can explain, but it requires um, us introducing a hot segment. Mm. Explain. Um, explain further. Well, I don't or know just how... introduce the segment. I don't know what you want to do. I don't know how to. <gasps> <gasps> typo negative. Okay, typo negative, huh? Yeah. 
This our is least our popular least popular segment, Baby Nation. It's called Typo Negative. We've only done it one time. We decided to name it then. Yep, it was a bad name, and it's a bad segment, but here we go. Typo Negative, Baby Nation, is one of our fan favorite segments. Everybody loves it, uh, where Everyone we talk about um, a typo or what appears to be a typo in these books and uh, dissect uh, what the meaning of that typo might be because we know Obviously that intentional. Between Anne... The Scholastic Lawyers and NOLA. Not a fucking single thing is going to slip past these fuckers. There is not going to be a typo or a grammatical error. or If there is, they're obviously trying to send us some kind of message, and now it's on us to figure out what that message is. Okay, Tanner, this is the section where Abby and Anna are up in front of the crowd— And the ritual of their bat mitzvah is progressing, and Abby has just given her speech, which went, I think, pretty well. Everybody liked Mm -hmm. it. Um, And Anna is about to give her speech as well. Uh, And she steps up to the podium to give her bat mitzvah speech uh, that will signal her passage uh, into womanhood. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read that passage. I'm not a girl. Mm. I'd love it if you don't Not say. yet a woman. Okay. Pretty Spears. Good. Do you know it? Good. That's beautiful. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm going to read Girl. now. Oh, wait. No, sorry. If you're not done. You'll be a woman soon. Neil Diamond, share a birthday with him. Oh, I was thinking Urge Overkill. Do they cover that Neil Diamond song? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to read the passage now, if that's all right. Yes, Jack. God. Okay, well, I can't do it when you're fucking singing. Do you get that? I can't do it when you're singing. Because singing is important. Tanner, these, you see these fucking it's things? It's the glue that holds this show together. It's not. Nobody likes it. You see these things that are strapped to my ears? What those things are doing, Tanner, it's not a fashion statement. They're siphoning directly your fucking voice right into my fucking ear holes. It's definitely not a fashion statement. Because it looks stupid. Okay, it looks well, stupid. that's now mean. That's now we now we've moved into a world of where that's mean. <laughs> do your what were you doing? What were you gonna do? What I'm saying is I can't shut off my fucking ears, and your voice is piped right into my ears. So when I'm trying to fucking read a can passage, you and you're you could, singing, it's hard to fucking concentrate. Can you imagine if you could blink your ears. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. What a thing to think about. What if your ears had an, like an extra little bit of skin that you could like flap up and down and like you could just shut off your ears we could like you're like i don't want to see this i'm gonna shut my eyes yeah i don't want to listen to this i'm gonna blink my ears and you know what it would sound like right what (laughs) it would do that every time (laughs) (laughs) right good fucked up if true fucked up if true baby nation we're not scientists but we are equipped to analyze these texts and that is something that i would like to do we're critical right thinkers now. we're critical thinkers yeah we don't know about the ear thwapping thing we're not biologists uh, what do i look like a fucking biologist i, I am, look like a primatologist yeah we're not fucking apiologists no no we don't study apes we including don't humans study apes including humans which is what we're critical thinkers means. we do have a monkey expert on staff. we've been trained yeah well baby b we'll, alley baby b alley let us know if ears could yeah. ever possibly d- do something where, like, a little flap of skin goes like this, and yeah. shuts off your hearing. Yeah, and if, if it happens for monkeys, it probably happens for people. Or did we evolve out of it for some yeah. reason? Yeah, Baby Let B. Let us know. Any, yeah. any other apiologist? I hope the video guys doesn't come for Baby B. Alley first. She's mature enough to um, go through the ritual. The monkeys will protect her. Tanner, for the love of Christ in heaven, may I please read this passage? Yeah. Okay. Of course, man love to hear it. This is the moment when Anna is about to give her speech for her bat mitzvah. Typo negative. Typo That's negative. what we're doing? All right. Ready? That's when Anne surprised me. She read a few lines from her Haftarah portion, then paused and said, I was going to talk about my Torah portion, but I am not as good with words as I am with music, so I'm going to let my music speak for me now. Lifting out the violin, she began to play. It began simply and spread out, a shimmering shawl of sound. Then it drew back again, softer and softer, and then it was gone. Did you catch the typo, Tanner? That's when Anne... That's when Anne surprised me. Huh. Huh. Abby's sister's not Anne. 
No, she's Anna. It, she's I'm Anna. To, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. So Anne got up in front of everyone, and instead of reading from the Torah... She said, I am not as good with words as I am with music, so I am going to let my music speak for me now. Here's the fucking question, Tanner, that you, sh- I imagine, are asking yourself. Why would Anne M. Martin, possibly the greatest master of the English language, certainly in the 20th and 21st century, say, I am not as good with words as I am with music? But that's what she said. Maybe it means that her words are her music? That we should see her words more as a symphony than as a series of paragraphs? We should look at these texts the way that we would analyze a musical piece, looking for leitmotifs and recurring themes and, and, and trying to attune ourselves to the inherent melodies of her words rather than taking them at face value. But I don't know. It's a mystery to me. I'm looking at my text trying to find this typo mm-hmm. just just for some context. Yeah. That's when Anne surprised me. Weird, right? Anne. Anne. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. But in this book where it seems like Anne is finally letting go, she's actually inserted herself. And she instead of coming in and speaking with her words, which is what we know her for, she just comes in and sings. Sings a song that is so beautiful that it's almost impossible to parse. It began simply and spread out, says Abby, a shimmering shawl of sound. Then it drew back again, softer and softer, and then it was gone. I don't know what to make of it, and I feel betrayed, because I feel like Anne has spent so long speaking to us with her words of power and like writing and using her written word to communicate with us. And now she's, it feels like a betrayal. It's like, no, my power is not in my words. My power is in my music. No, totally. And this is a book that is about finding truth in the word of God, right? Who uh, now? Like this is a book about seeking the Torah and digging into it for truth. And yet Anne is saying, don't listen to the word. Listen to the music. Listen to the quiet music of the universe. And I will sing it for you now. But I'm not a music scientist. I'm not a music scientist either. Right. I'm also not a music scientist. I think we're ill-equipped to get out of these texts what Anne wants us to. I feel like I should be. I should go back and read all these books and scrutinize for, for music now. I'm looking for hidden messages in these words, but like the words are meaningless. I feel lost. We've been chosen by Anne, for better or for worse. To look in these texts for her words, right? And that's what I've been doing. I've been analyzing every fucking word. And then she comes in now at this time of crisis. All these girls have become crime girls. Everything's falling apart. And she says, my gift is my song. And she says, my gift is not my words, but my song. And this one's for you. Nobody likes it when you sing. And you can tell everybody this is your song. I don't know it. And you know it's quite <sighs> simple, but now that it's done, I hope you know I, I hope you know I put it out in words. Are you done? How wonderful Jack is. Now you're in the world. Um, Elton John. You know what's weird, Tanner? Yeah. It looked to me as I looked at you like you were singing something. But all I heard was a shimmering shawl of sound that simply spread out, and then it drew back again, softer and softer, and then... That's very flattering. It was gone. Thank you. I didn't know my sound, that my music had that kind of impact on people. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I just, like, I thought I was, like, a bad singer who just sung a lot. Mm, No, nobody thinks that. No, um, everyone thinks I don't sing enough, and then I'm a great singer. Yeah, that's a very common opinion. Hey, Tanner, I would like to go and get a beer, and then I would like to talk to you a little bit about Video Geists. I want to talk to you about Video Geists, too, and I want to go grab a beer. Okay, fine. So... You say goodbye. You say goodbye. No, you say goodbye. <laughs> Hello? Oh, he's gone. Tanner! I said that when we came back, we should talk about video guys. But first, I want to talk about Brad Simon. Brad Simon, the um, 
bad boy, the bad boy. Stony Brook Middle School. He's um, the one who is responsible for selling first Abigail and then Marianne. Right. right. A and cheat I, sheet for Mrs. Frost's test. Miss Frost. I feel like it's a useful way for us to discuss a little bit of the plot of this novel in a little bit more depth before we go into video guys territory. Mm. My first note for Brad Simon is this guy seems cool. Yeah, he does seem pretty cool. Seems I thought, cool. I thought it was going to be Alan Gray just to kind of yeah. give you, Baby Nation, a vibe for who Brad Simon is. So Ab- Abby doesn't know who this guy is when she buys the cheat sheet off of him. Right. He offers her a study guide, and she's like, yeah, I, I would love a study guide. And she buys it for $3. She's new to the school. She's new to the city. She doesn't know who this is. Yeah. So she's like, fine, whatever. And I thought, like, oh, this is going to be Alan Gray. Because that's yeah. the vibe he had. That's he the had vibe, sort of but like, it's it's worse than what Alan Gray would ever do. Alan Gray just delights in chaos. He's a Loki-like figure. He's a Pan-like figure. Brad Simon... Who I'd like, don't get me wrong, I think he's cool. I would want to be friends with him. Uh-huh. He has more of a Lucifer type of vibe. Lawful evil. Possibly he is the devil come to destroy Stony Brook and Stony Brook right. Middle School and Abby Stevenson in particular. Right before she can claim womanhood. Right before he's she trying can to claim like womanhood. swoop in yeah. and corrupt her innocence. Here's a passage to give you a little flavor of who Brad Simon is. A voice spoke beside me. I hate math. (laughs) Don't you? I looked up to see someone who had a locker in the same row as mine. Much farther down the hall. At least, that's what I assumed. I mean, I'd seen him around there before. He was the kind of guy who looks familiar without really standing out. Just like the fucking devil. Yeah. Sorry, that's an interpolation. Who looks familiar without really standing out. Jeans, flannel shirt, brown hair, brown eyes. Math, I said, is evil. I know what you mean. He shifted his backpack from one shoulder to the other and looked around. Then he lowered his voice. And that test is going to be a killer. Miss Frost really wants to ice her students, if you know what I mean. It's a Frost ice joke. And it's very good. Very good. Do I ever, I said bitterly. The guy grinned, but I got a little ice of my own. A genuine, guaranteed study guide. Heroin? Is heroin ice or is meth? I think meth is ice. Meth is glass. I think heroin is ice. Well, in this case. he's like, got a little heroin of my own, and he pulls out a little baggie full of brown powder. And I've also got study guides for this math test. Whatever you think will help you, Abby. If if you want to pass the math test, I would choose the latter and not the former, <laughs> and definitely not both. Yeah. Study guide. My ears pricked up at that. The, the mysteries of Miss Frost's math class revealed. revealed. Test results in the passing range. Guaranteed. And then he just fucking disappears from view. This is a Faustian tale. It's a Faustian tale. Yeah. Abby is presented with the option to forsake her soul for earthly gains. Right. And she's convinced, like Faust, that she can outsmart the devil. Right. I don't know. Like, she's she's not concerned with her soul. She's looking at the short term. Right. Until it's too late. Yeah. Mephistopheles is very persuasive. He's unassuming, right? He's the kind of guy that you feel like you've seen him before. You know, in the peripheries of your vision. But he looks familiar without really standing out, as Abby says. Uh, and here he is offering exactly what Abby needs in the moment, right before her transition into womanhood. Right. Can we talk about Brad Simon? Yeah. B-R-A-D-S-I-M-O-N. Yep. Do you know some of the anagrams for Brad Simon? Not off the top of my head. Bad minors. Okay. Bad minors. Abby is still a minor. She's not yet a woman. Yeah. Bad minors. Brain mods. That's what a cheat sheet is, right? It's a brain mod. Little uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. E. How are you going to pass Mrs. Frost's test, Harrison Ford? Deckard. Blade Runner Deckard. Blade Runner Deckard. <laughs> now I'm going to use brain mods. Brain mods. Here's the anagram I think you'll be most interested in, okay. Jack. Yeah. Brad Simon. Mm-hmm. Mad Orb Sin. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, Anne. It's right there in the... F- Fucking text. 
The Mad Orb. A Mad Sin Orb or a Mad Orb Sin? These girls, and this is the thing, it's Anne trying to deprive them of free will again. Abby's a crime girl, but it's not her fault. It wasn't of her own free will. It was a sin that was influenced by a fucking orb, right? It's these Anne orbs is doing everything she can right. to keep Abby from becoming a woman. Abby's on the precipice of bat mitzvahing and transforming into a woman, and Anne is throwing mad orbs at her to sin. This is Anne's worst fucking nightmare. It's the two things she hates the fucking most. A bat mitzvah sums up exactly what Anne hates. One, girls growing up. She hates that more than anything. Two, bats. Exactly. This is her worst fucking nightmare. So she's inserted this character, this element of... Orb sin. Orb sin. Bad miners. Ugh. Brain mods. Brain mods. Brad Simon. Brad fucking Simon. Brad Simon is the devil. Well, and Abby, Abby rises above his influence. Much like Faust, Abby appeals to a higher power. True. And regains a little bit of her soul and is able to claim her womanhood. She appeals to Miss Frost and eventually uh, has her sins forgiven. Exactly. Miss Frost is like, I understand what has happened here. Right. And, and... You were forgiven. On the other hand, snitches get stitches, hmm. and Abby does sell out Brad Simon. Brad Simon is, by the end of this book, he's not around. They go to look for him, and they're like, there's no one named Brad Simon. Yeah, exactly. In this school. And there never has been. No. There's a Mephistopheles Simon. <laughs> <laughs> is that who you meant? All right, good. Well, I'm glad we covered that. Tanner, I do want to talk about the video geist. Um, I think you probably noticed what I noticed. Uh, Baby Nation, if you listened to the beginning of this episode, which presumably you did. If not, I can't really help you. Be weird if you didn't. I'm not going to... Do you just always skip the first 10 minutes of the episode? What a fucking strange thing to do. Yeah. Just fucking knock it off. Just go listen to it. And listen to all of them. It's like people who flip to the last fucking page of a book to find out what happens. Maybe there's people who listen to this show backwards. Oh, God. Do you think... I bet we sound great backwards. We sound like Missy sound Elliott backwards. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen to the beginning of this episode, which I fucking hope you did, uh, you will have noticed that we did a little ritual to prevent a video geist. And I think, Tanner, that it is not an accident that all of the families in Stony Brook this week were also doing everything they could to prevent of video guys it's the b plot baby nation yeah and i should explain yeah what a video guys is right what we assume what we presume is that drusilla destiny the way she's described in christian the dirty diapers is she has sort of like pallid skin um she looks a little bit like a dead trout and over that pallid skin is sort of this black hair long black stringy hair much like the villain from the ring samara samara who is a video demon who attacks people through their televisions she's what we call in the uh digital media conferences that i go to a transmedia entity Mm. Yeah, that's how I heard her described it last year's South By. Yeah, um, that's South By. When I was at South By, yeah. um, and we don't say South By Southwest, because that's like way no, too many gosh. fucking syllables. <laughs> what? I was at South By with a bunch of influencers, and we were doing a little bit of blue sky thinking. And mm-hmm. I was leveraging one of the influencers, as you do, and I was like, hey, have you heard about these video geists? And the dude just like rolled his eyes. He's like, oh, don't you mean transmedia entities? Right. Burn on me. Yeah, burn on you. Because yeah. I think video guys is a very old-fashioned term. And yeah. It kind of it, it, it implies that these things are malicious, and right. they almost always are, and Drusilla Destiny definitely is. Right. But they don't necessarily need to be. So let's yeah. call them by what they actually are, which is transmedia right. entities. Yeah, and you can have a transmedia entity like the lawnmower man who's not necessarily good or bad. Perfect example. Right. Perfect example. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just somebody who mows your lawns. Yeah, Right? Digitally, somehow. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Most the lawn of your mind. Drusilla Destiny is a video geist. Seven books ago, we were introduced to her. She will creep out of any kind of video apparatus to kill you if you didn't go through with the ritual. If you didn't go through the ritual, you wouldn't be listening now. So 
if you were li- hearing this, you were safe. Right. The parents and kids of Stony Brook this week also this week yeah did some work to put off Drusilla Destiny. I've got some passages. Do you want me to just read them out? Yep. The parents have spoken, says Mal. My seven siblings are not happy. I believe it, Mal. This is in the Babysitter's Club notebook. I believe it, Mal, says Marianne. Even when my father was making me wear pigtails, he never banned television. Yeah, that's terrible. Jenny Prezioso thinks it's a plot. That all the parents got together and said no to television, says Claudia. Um, And here's a second passage in case that's not very clear to everybody. Mrs. Arnold shook her head. She opened the door. Well, she said casually, just one thing. Marianne, who was looking around for the twins and feeling a little surprised that they weren't there to say hello, said, Oh? No television. Mrs. Arnold smiled as if this were nothing. We all know it's not nothing. They're a little annoyed, of course, since Jack and I pulled the plug on it this weekend. But they'll come around. I've told them they have plenty of inner resources. They're bright girls and capable of entertaining themselves. Don't worry. Two unsmiling faces turned toward her. Carolyn was sitting on the sofa with her arms folded. Marilyn was sitting in the chair across from her with her arms folded. The television. A big, silent, black eye was across from her. Yep. And those are just... Two examples of several, because every single parent in Stony Brook this week banned television. Right. Because they're afraid of transmedia entities. Because they're afraid of transmedia entities crawling out and killing them and their children. Right. They obviously knew what was happening. They apparently had not heard of the ritual. Yeah. But because Abby and Anna right, they performed went through it. with the ritual at the end of the book. Yeah. I have to assume that most of Stony Brook is safe. There's one family I'm worried about, which is the Rudowskis, who did not ban television. Oh, yeah. So the Rudowskis have more on their plates than video guys. Exactly. But the Rudowskis have a celestial being in the family. Like, maybe that's what it takes to combat the the video guys. Right. I hopefully goes without saying, Baby Nation, that... In addition to having done the rituals to prevent the video guys, since you no, since no, you no. listened to Christine Liberty Depp, which it's the last seven weeks, right, 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 the last seven weeks, you've not turned on a television in the last seven weeks, right? Because right? if you have, you're, yeah. you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're in trouble. A big yeah. silent black eye that's sitting in your living room. We didn't say anything before, but it hopefully goes without saying, right? Well, it's called the video guys. Sorry. It's called the transmedia entity for a reason. Right, exactly. Yeah, if you've been to South By, <laughs> you knew any influencers, and most of us know Have you even been to South By? Have you even been to South Baby By? Baby Nation? Come on. Six with? I call it Six with. Six with? Um, and Tanner, the fucking video guys isn't the only thing that people have to worry about this week in terms of television. Here's what... Margot Pike says when she is confronted with the television ban. I'm not sure if you caught this. I imagine you maybe did. Margot like freaks out. She crosses her arm. She throws a little tantrum. And Claudia and Mal are like, all right, well, what can we do? What's the problem? Why are you so upset? Why don't we play outside? Margot said, but the Mr. Pinhead show is on. I want to watch. Oh Oh, gosh. Yeah. So he's back. Another transmedia property, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Because there has been Hellraiser um, comic books. There's been Hellraiser movies. Right. And obviously Hellraiser has a deep and resounding influence on these books. Right. If you've listened to any previous episodes, we've gone over the uh, resonance between this particular text and the Hellraiser franchise uh, yeah. starring the Cenobites uh, led by Pinhead. Pinhead, uh, who's the master mission of pleasure and pain, is to introduce you to worlds of pleasure and pain uh, beyond human understanding. The Garden of Eden, a garden of flesh. Yep, exactly. And fucking Marco this week is apparently been watching a little bit too much television and is somehow in the thrall. Of the Cenobites. It's easy to do, man. You just have to solve the lament configuration. You just have to solve the lament configuration. That's how they trap you. Yeah. So 
obviously Stony Brook is dealing with their demons. Right. We have our own demons to deal with, Jack. Yeah. We got a taste this week of the wrath of the scholastic lawyer. Mm-hmm. It is canon in these books that Rachel Stevenson, Abby and Anna's mother, mother. Mm-hmm. is a lawyer or somehow involved on the legal team for Scholastic Inc. She's a high up over at Scholastic Publishing in New York. That much has been established. Right. This week, Abby gets into trouble with Ms. Frost, mm-hmm. and Rachel Stevenson comes in and gives Ms. Frost a little bit of that old Scholastic Oh, a little bit of the old scholastic treatment. A little bit of the scholastic treatment. So I think, Jack, this is what, if we ever get in trouble with scholastic, sorry, when we get in trouble with scholastic, right? this is what we're in store for, is oh, the yeah. treatment that Ms. Frost got from Rachel. Ms. Frost is just trying to do her fucking job and teach math to these children. Especially this delinquent. Yeah. Crime girl. This fucking crime Abby girl. Stevenson. Yeah. I'll read you a passage. I didn't mean to eavesdrop. Somehow, though, I found myself standing outside the partially open door, listening to my mother and Ms. Frost talk. But, Mrs. Stevenson, I heard Ms. Frost say, I'm not finished, snapped my mom. I'd appreciate it if you would do me the courtesy of listening to what I have to say, a courtesy you apparently don't extend to your students. Uh Uh-oh. Now, just a minute, I heard Ms. Frost say, but my mother was on a roll. Keeping her voice firm and calm and steely cool, she had cross-examined Ms. Frost like a prosecuting attorney on a television show. By the time my mother was finished, Ms. Frost had admitted that she had refused to give me extra time on the test, even though she knew I had been out sick. Ms. Frost didn't even have a chance to work in the information that I wasn't the best student and maybe hadn't earned that kind of special treatment. And that maybe, just maybe... I should have been able to do my math homework and stay caught up on my own. Brutal. This is what we're in store for, man. Fucking Rachel Stevenson comes in, turns the chair around, sits with the chair backwards, and there's like a fucking lamp hanging over the two of them. And she just starts it swinging. Right. Miss Frost, who's just a fucking math teacher getting paid like teacher salary, doing God's work, trying to fucking take these crime girls and help them to, God forbid, make something of their lives by learning fucking basic math. Yeah. But one of the crime girls fails the test, and that crime girl, unfortunately, is related Has to a Rachel Stevenson. For a mother. Scholastic lawyer. And by the end of that interrogation, Miss Frost is singing like a fucking canary. I'm pretty uncertain about our own fucking futures, man. We can't hold up to that kind of scrutiny. There's literally no way. You and I are going to cave in a second. And we're going to delete every back episode of this podcast. Yeah. The second Rachel Stevenson comes a knocking. Yeah. Oh, we're fucked, man. Well, this is a fucking shot across the bow, right? First, they send a fucking video geist our way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just trying to do no. a podcast. And in this classic, lawyers are warning us. They're yeah. Like, this is what you're in store for, boys. Keep going if you want. Yeah. Here's a video, guys, that's going to fucking terrorize your families and pull you into a hell dimension. And if that doesn't worry you, just hang tight because Rachel Stevenson is coming for you and you're going to be singing like canaries. Yeah. Ugh. We're fucking doomed, man. Let's stop now before the f- purging fire claims us. Yeah, I think we should pro- stop. All right, Baby Nation, this is yeah. the last episode this we're ever going to do. This is the last episode. Um, it was a pleasure and yeah. a courtesy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's a courtesy. <laughs> it was a pleasure and an honor yeah. to spend these last 96 weeks with you. Yeah. But Baby Nation, we love you and we kiss you. And Tanner and I are going to keep reading these books. We're going to be legally reading these books as is our rights as sovereign citizens. We're not being detained, as far as I know. We're going to keep reading these books every week, but we, it's just too much of a risk. Oh, yeah, it's too risky. To keep talking about them. Let's, Jack. Yeah. Just for old time's sake. Yeah. One last time. One last time. Let's have a... Yeah. Let's take a fun run at the old... Uh... <gasps> Burn of the week! Did you have one, or... 
God, it would be really disappointing if you didn't have one for our final burn of the week. Um, yeah, I got one. Also, let's just keep doing it. Fuck it. All right, fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck you, Rachel Stevenson. Fuck you. Come at us. Scholastic lawyers. Fucking come at me. Fuck you, transmedia demon. Yeah, come, come at, at us. Don't, please don't. Did you have a burn this week, or? Why don't you hit me with your burn, and then I'll tell you my burn. Okay. Mine is in chapter two. Okay. Abby is describing the girls of the Babysitter's Club. Mm-hmm. And one woman herself. And, well, not yet. Right. She's talking about Jesse Ramsey mm-hmm. and Mal Pike. Physically, they're very different, too. Today, Mal was in jeans and sweater mode, a variation of what Christy, Marianne, and I were wearing. The rust brown sweater Mal had on made her pale skin look creamy and brought out the red in her hair. She looked nice, but basic, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Abby called Mal basic. <laughs> <laughs> And like a real biting way too, because it wasn't even mean. It was just like oh. she's your friend, and she's like, uh, she looked a little basic. They fucking go out of their way every week to try to like talk about the fact that like Mal's going through an awkward phase. Yeah, <laughs> like Mal's gonna be beautiful someday, but right now she's basic. But right now she's fucking basic. Anyway, did you have a burn? Yeah, fucking right. I had a fucking burn. Here's my burn. It's after the successful bat mitzvah of Abby and Anna. And the girls are having a sleepover, and they're talking about their dreams and uh, writing down what they think they're going to be when they grow up and putting it into a piggy bank. Okay, I intone solemnly. When we meet for our 20th high school reunion, we'll open this and see if it came true. Ew! No way I'll ever be that old! Shrieked Shannon. Okay, so it's a burn on us for being old. Fucking burn on us. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Burning, burn on you. I'm fine. You're f- Mine's still four years away. Tanner. Can you believe that there's people, Jack, can you believe that there are people in this world who are closer to 40 than 30? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yes. So gross. Right. I'm with you, Shannon. Okay. The rest of us, we're all like, we're all in our early 30s. All of the rest. Of, that's right. We're all in our early 30s. We're all... Under the, the age of 35 years old. All of the rest of us, apart from me, are in our early 30s. Who's, what do you mean? Tanner. How old are you? I, you recently had a birthday. Tanner, you recently you're not, had a birthday. Hey, Jack, you're not closer to 40 than 30, are you? Tanner, I think it's high time we got the fuck out of here. You know what's going to suck, man? What? In a year, a year from now? What? We're no longer going to be able to describe our podcast as... Two guys in their 30s. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we still got a year. Jesus fucking Christ. Burn on me, and I wish I hadn't brought it up now. <laughs> Tanner, before we get the fuck out of here, I want to do a whirlwind tour of all of the amazing things that the detectives out there in Baby Nation have discovered that we fucking missed in a segment that I am tentatively calling... Hey, Jack, doesn't seem fucking likely to me. We're experts in the field. I can't believe we missed that. <laughs> oops. Oops all berries. Can we just call it oops all berries? What's oops all berries? It's a cereal from the 90s where Captain Crunch accidentally flipped a switch in the Captain Crunch factory where the cereal was all crunch berries and none of the little captain crunch bits perfect that's great and you know what i like about it it does what a segment title should do which is explains to everybody every time you say it what the segment's going to be about without having to get into the details and the nitty-gritty oops all berries great perfect you nailed it and what do you have to say for yourself i think that's great you did a great job thank you how about i start Yeah. Number one, item number one that I think is particularly salient because this is an Abby book. A lot of people have pointed this out. I believe the first person to point it out that I noticed was Baby B. Lita in our Baby Nation Facebook group. As you and I have discovered, Abby, new babysitter Abby, is both an anagram for baby, Mm -hmm. uh, implying maybe that she is the one who is foretold, the sat who became the sitter and not Mallory after all. And Abby also means phonetically A-B. Yep. Underlining an important theory, possibly the most important theory, that they're all Bs. They're all Bs. They're all Bs. We know this. But But Abby also has a twin sister. 
Abby also has a twin sister called Anna. Anna. And when we were exploring what anagrams for Anna might be, we missed the fact that Anna is an anagram tanner for non. Which is a type of bread. They have infiltrated our ranks, baby nation. Yes. The babies are here. Right. The non is here. Right. The bees uh, are here. B is here. Um, so I wanted to hit that, and I wanted to thank everybody who's pointing that out. Second thing I wanted to hit real quick before we get the fuck out of here, the sport of ringette. I'm familiar. National sport of... Newmarket. Newmarket, Ontario. Ontario, which Anne talks about in one of her ominous introductions to a novel. This book is for everyone, she says. Everyone in Newmarket. But doesn't say why, doesn't say what they know, doesn't say what happened there. In our archival research, what we discovered is that Newmarket is famous for being home to the great sport of ringette, which is made up sport. A made up sport that's a lot like hockey, but dumber. Yep. <laughs> uh, and whose raison d'etre is that they exist for three reasons. Those three reasons are fun. Friendship, fitness, the three F's. Three F's. And Baby B Lisa pointed out a thing that you and I never noticed, which is that what number letter of the alphabet is F, Tanner? A, B, C, D, E, F. Six. What happens when you put three sixes together, Tanner? Six, six, six. Number of the devil. Number of the devil. The number of the Lightbringer. The number of the Lightbringer. Moving on. Moving on. And finally, I have finally been. before we go, I would be remiss if I did not point out that this week, Anna Martin, the soul skinner herself, was approached by a member of the Baby Nation, Baby B. Aaron, and frogged. She frogged her. She frogged her. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there are a lot of winners and there are a lot of losers. In Wandering Frog People, the game the Pike Boys invented that we have brought into our reality. Yes. Where you present someone with a statuette of a frog person and they therefore are losing. And now there is another big L in the L column. The biggest of L's. The biggest of L's. And her name Annabelle Matthews Martin. Annabelle's Matthew Martin. And there's another huge W. Yeah. And it belongs to Baby B. Aaron. Congratulations. Baby B. Aaron, congratulations. You are better than us all. And you have presumably brought down an unholy reign of hellfire and torment upon all of us. Can you imagine what it's going to be like to get frogged by Anne, though? Oh, God. It's going to be very. She's in possession of a frog now. Wait, isn't a reign of frogs one of the signs of the apocalypse? <laughs> we better move on, Jack. I've been Tanner Greenring. All right, moving on and leaving it on that ominous note. Baby Nation, please do watch out for video, guys. I think we've dealt with it. Maybe we'll be back next week. Maybe we'll be back Who next knows? week. It's very difficult to say. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you for all your wonderful reviews and ratings on iTunes. Please do keep them coming. It means the world to us. And please recommend this podcast to a friend. Thank you, Tanner, for doing your part. It's always great when you do. Um, Thank you for giving me such a masculine voice. Okay. I've been Tanner Greenring. This week, Baby Nation, we read a book that was called Abby's Lucky 13. And next week, Baby Nation and Tanner, we're going to be reading a little book called Claudia and the World's Cutest Baby. Oh, fun. Oh, seems like Cyril's in this book. Uh, It's probably... Peaches, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Cyril's a cute baby, but like, I have to assume it's Peaches, baby. And I hope for your sake that it's Peaches, baby. Oh, yeah. Because if Cyril somehow makes his way into the Sitterverse, that means he's a veil walker just like Keanu. Yeah, and that would be devastating for you. I wouldn't mind a week off, yeah. to be honest. Um, yeah. However, we will find out next week when we read claudia and the world's cutest baby in the meantime baby nation i have been this week america's favorite babysitters club 
critic, expert, and scholar, Jack Alexander Shepard of Brighton, England. And I'm Tanner Greenery. This week, Baby Nation, please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do. Jack? Yeah. Am I being detained? No, you're a sovereign citizen. I am a sovereign citizen. You're free to go. Am I free to go? You're free to go. Am I being detained? You're free to go. Great. Bye. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been... All right, I'm recording. One. I am recording as well. <laughs> oh, that one just got away from me. Don't fucking burn this fucking place down. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast. <laughs>